Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we'll be reviewing The Disaster Artist and talking about the highs and lows of TV this week. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How are you feeling, man? Um, still sick. I tried, I tried to take the lead in the last episode, and if you couldn't tell, listeners, it did not go too, too well. I was dying by the end. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I mean, at least we learned our lesson. Not to, not to put, not to, let's give you the, the lead hand on the steering wheel when you're sick. Okay. Um, at least, I mean, you did a good job. Did a good job, as always. I tried. But, um... I mean, it's unfortunate that you're still sick, of course. <laughs> please, please, everybody, keep crossing your prayers. <laughs> and we have a special guest slash, you know, it's kind of a mini reunion to have him back. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to introduce him today. Miles, how you doing, man? I am doing well. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Uh, the only bummer, and I say this honestly, about being on this show is that I'm so I was so excited to listen to what you guys thought of the disaster artist, uh, and now there's no way I could enjoy listening to myself talk about it. But that's okay because I'm excited to talk about it and hear it first person. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of kind of got you kind of got a little conundrum going on over there. But um, yeah, no, I enjoy like I uh, I watched three billboards from Missouri what I, I don't even remember the name of the movie I three never billboard, to, three billboards from, of from Ebbing, yeah that's right and as soon as I saw it I had to listen to your guys's opinion on it uh, and, what and you it think? provided a lot of validation it? I'm like, about it or I was talking to side? Carlos about it a little bit last night and I'm kind of like in the middle mostly leaning towards Carlos's side uh, <laughs> Not that we're supposed to take sides, but I'm totally taking his side. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just felt wrong after seeing it. There are a bunch of things that happened, and classic Mad Max Miles, man. Classic, <sighs> best Max movie Miles. of all time. Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> welcome to the minority on that movie, Ozzy, or not Ozzy. Ozzy, you're in the majority, uh, Miles. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But though Ozzy from- is a minority. Yes, as are all of us. <laughs> I don't need to be reminded of this, okay? <laughs> we uh, should have named this podcast, like, Two Hispanics Talking Movies or something like that. We should have found a way to make it very obvious that we're Latinos. Yeah, and you like, got to talk about like, movies like uh, you are a Latino, you know? Just be like, just be like, just be like, the two Latinos talking about movies. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> two Latinos, one movie. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Um, I'm gonna anyway, like, be talking yeah. about the disaster artist. <laughs> Starting. All right. Seriously. All right, guys. We will be start. We will talk about the disaster <laughs> artist with a full-on review of the disaster artist. If you guys don't know what it's about, it it is about Tommy. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, why is Tommy Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau. Um, he basically made a movie. He he produced it, directed, 
and starred in the best by claiming to be this is this is honestly in my opinion the best worst movie of all time uh this was this film was made in 2003 and you're able to see this movie you can rent it view it online whatever um and this man basically made it and everything all by himself and there's a there's a huge mystery around him and and we kind of get more of more of how the film was made and everything. you watched the room before you watched the disaster artist because you'll get more of a feel for the movie and everything and it's it's just a really you it's nice just to see the the comparisons um so i'm gonna be starting off with miles as long as you're the guest of the show oh, what did okay. you ultimately what did you ultimately think of this movie other disaster artist yeah, and I t- uh, this is another case where I texted Carlos uh, after I had seen it. Uh, the I think I texted him, like, it's a movie that I wasn't able to stop thinking about after I had seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had spent a couple days to process it. I sat again Thursday night, and I loved The Disaster Artist. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but for me, it just felt like such a love letter to the room and seeing James Franco's passion bleed through the, the screen and just seeing some of the, the behind the scenes of the Citizen Kane of bad movies come to life was just fascinating. And I had a, such a blast watching it. Yeah, I mean, I think he ultimately gave a, an amazing performance. But, oh, um, yeah. Carlos, but Carlos, man, what, did, what were your overall thoughts on the disaster as, as well? Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I, I was... <laughs> Okay, because the interesting thing is I'm not a huge fan of, like, the James Franco slash Seth Rogen style of comedy. That's not, It's generally not been my thing. Some of them have been okay. Some of them not so much. But I think this movie was, and this script and this story is the perfect outlet for them. Because it's much more narrow and focused. And I think it kind of reels them in just a little bit. But at the same time lets their talent, which is undeniable, shine. And James Franco mm-hmm. truly shines in this movie. He is... He is very, very good, and I could totally see him getting an Oscar nod here, which would be amazing considering what we learn at the end of this movie in the the post, uh, not really post credits, but in the little text that comes at the end that Tommy Wiseau paid to keep the room in theaters for two weeks just so it would be eligible for the Academy Awards and to have a movie (laughs) about the making of the room get an Academy Award or get an Academy Award nomination uh-huh. would be absolutely amazing. Now, I don't think it's perfect, but I right. undeniably had tons of fun with this movie. And I think James Franco is definitely one of the primary reasons why. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I, I personally really enjoy this movie. And Carlos, you're 100% right. J- uh, James Franco is absolutely a, a star in this movie. He really shines in this movie. And... um you know, one of the things that I actually liked about this movie is in the end, they kind of do like a, they actually go through and you see scenes of the room from the real movie. Mm-hmm. And you also see the scenes of the room that they actually just, because they kind of just made some of the scenes actually in the movie as well. So you just see the comparison and it's just, it is super alike. I mean, I, this is probably one of the best performances I've ever seen all year. Um, so credit to James Franco. But I have yeah. to say the chemistry that James Franco who plays Tommy and Dave Franco, who plays Greg, they work off of each other so well. I mean, you could just see the chemistry on screen. 
I don't think these two, they're brothers, but I don't think I've ever seen them in a movie together. I don't know if they've ever been in a movie together. Mm, I don't but, know. Because um, I've always wanted to see them in a film together. And now that I got it, I mean, man, I want to see them more on screen together. This was just a great, they worked off of each other so well. So very well. I absolutely yeah. enjoyed the, the hell out of that. We also have a lot of cameos in this movie that I did <laughs> not expect to see. I'm not going to name any of them. I'm really not. Especially um, at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Like the only one I'm probably gonna give it's it's a small one. It's a small one. Um, let me pull up her name real quick. Um, Lauren Ash. She's in Superstore. For those of you guys who watch Superstore, go watch this. If anything, like if you want her, like just because she's in this for like a very little, but she's in it. Um, just again, one of the one of these cameos that I was just like, wow, like, I cannot believe that they're in this. Um, the cameos are just great in this movie. I absolutely love the cameos. Right. Uh, I thought it was so great. What did you guys think about everything else? Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on a cameo level, I think so often in these movies when you have these giant famous actors popping in and out, it could often take you out of it. But for some reason, I think it really worked for the disaster artist because you could tell everyone was on board to just celebrate the awfulness of the room uh, and how it is in its own sense is a piece of art for how awful it was and how I think someone mentioned in the movie, no film, none of the best filmmakers in the world could try to make a movie like the room. Uh, even if they, or they could, none of them could make a movie like the room, even if they tried. Uh, but did you guys know that James Franco actually stayed in character as Tommy the whole time while he was directing Tommy direct scenes <laughs> in the movie. Did you guys know that? Uh, no, <laughs> Which is but that's so awesome. freaking meta. Yeah. Isn't that insane? I think yeah. that totally comes through in the end product. Yeah. Uh, in the chemistry that the cast had. But yeah. Uh, I think you touched on something that is so key to the success of this movie. And it is the uh -huh. fact that the people making this movie really, really cared and, enjoy the room they're fans of the room they're fans of going and see, going to these midnight screenings you can tell that there's mm -hmm. a level of care there and there's and it comes through in the making of a movie like this because you have to walk a very very thin line when you're making this movie where you're poking fun at it and you're acknowledging that it's horrible but you're not <laughs> making fun of it you know and you're not yeah, making it's a hard fun line. And you're not being doing like a hard parody of like Tommy Wiseau and of the awfulness of Greg Sestero as an actor. Uh, you're, you're not you're not being cruel about it. They it's a very tough line to toe, and I think they do it very well in this movie. Uh, and Ozzy, you also talked about Dave Franco. This might be an unpopular opinion of mine. I'm not the biggest fan of Dave, Fra Dave Franco. I don't think he's uh -huh. the best actor, but the chemistry with James Franco is obvious because clearly, I mean, they're brothers, so it makes sense. So I think their dynamic really does work in this movie as well. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think this movie's tons of fun. And I really just enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. he, it was fun seeing how, because one of the biggest questions I have while watching, when I watched The Room for the first time recently, because we did just talk about it on the last episode, so go check that out, uh, was, did they know that it was horrible while they were making it? That was my question. And the uh -huh. way this movie addresses it, how people were asking these questions like, wait, shouldn't, like, like why, why does he laugh at that horrible story? 
and the the assistant director is going, um, maybe can we can we get a can we get a different reaction? And and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he gives the same reaction. He's there's just like the the relationship between um, Tommy Wiseau and the AD. It was really fascinating, uh-huh. and I think that. Um, Seth Rogen played it really well. And it's just uh-huh. those little things here and there where they're, we're seeing how people are noticing that this there's something just off about number one, Tommy Wiseau. But there's also just, they knew. They knew that this movie was not going to be good. And I think they all came to the premiere to see, to, almost like when, you, when there's a car wreck on the road, you just have to <laughs> look, you know? I think that's why so many people showed up at the premiere of the room. Because they knew it wasn't going to be good. And that kind of answered a primary question I had about the room. I think, I don't know, I feel like it was more complicated, though. Because a lot of those people in that movie, that was like the first movie True. that they ever made. True. So if you go back, and I'm not going to spoil what happens... But in that first scene that they film in the in the disaster artist, uh, and it plays like a pretty decent scene, and it it is funny in the premise and how it comes out in the disaster artist. But that you could tell that at first people are convinced that they had just see- witnessed a good scene being filmed. Yeah, <laughs> and I was fascinated yeah. by seeing just the mixed response in that and the un- uncertainty and what the heck was going on. Like, is this a good movie? Is this how movies are made? Like, what is going on? But <laughs> as it progressed, you could tell that they yeah. knew. Yeah, it, it definitely derailed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I mean, I'm so Yeah, I mean, you guys this has, this has been taken no, taken away. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean. <laughs> I, I particularly like that, like what you just mentioned, um, Miles, because everybody was clapping at that scene. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, you did a great job. Like, dude, you did so great. And then clearly the final product, <laughs> the final product happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, I really I really like this movie, and you really do get kind of like an inspiration yeah. from this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Especially for those of us who, who, are, in, who are interested in film. You get you get an inspiration, and the thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is, you do see, just a bit of how hard it is just to get in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like you can you can you can do anything. Like you can still you can go to acting classes. You can have an agent, but man, it's still tough just to get in there. Um, and there's even a scene with 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 Tommy when he's talking to a big name producer, and the producer is like, "You're never gonna get it." Um, and it's and it's you know you just you just get a taste of that, but you also get that inspiration. This and it's weird to say this, but you also get kind of this inspirational story from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think this is something that because uh, I went to go see this movie with our former writer Brianna, and one thing we were really talking about, one thing she said in particular was there's something different about Tommy. Now, obviously. Yes, he's just a strange human being, but it's more than that. He has this right. unyielding like optimism that everything that he's doing the right thing and this focus that he knows he's doing the right thing and he knows he can do it. Because in that scene you were just talking about, there is a line of dialogue that really really strikes a chord. And I I mean, look, this is real life events. I'm not, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna talk about that line in particular because it's really, really key to who Tommy is as a character, and what he says or what the producer says to him is, "It's never going to happen to you, not in a million years." Right? That's what the producer says to him, and Tommy's response is, "What about after that?" 
<laughs> and that is so just it defines that it defines him as a person and as a character now obviously we don't fully know if that happened there was nobody else there there's no way we can confirm that other than if tommy has said that it happened and then who knows if that's actually true but <laughs> that to me that line of dialogue that interaction really defines who he is and why this is such an oddly inspirational story you know what i'm saying right and on yeah, the I same mean, level oh yeah go ahead ozzy I mean, he really fought to get this movie made, you know, yeah. and he dealt with people even even in even in the same room as him, even in the, even people in his cast making fun of him. Yes. And, and dealing with that. And yeah. it's inspirational for nobody to believe in you. And you may have made the worst movie of all time, the best <laughs> worst movie of all time, but you did it. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of people who can say that. So it's really inspirational in that sense. Miles, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, even as it is so inspirational, I feel like on another level, I mean, if you boil down this movie, it's ultimately about people following their dreams. But in that, it's also kind of heartbreaking to witness how people react to certain things and also witnessing some of the people in the movie that are actually or who were real people trying to make it and seeing them see their parts of their dreams die was also I thought that worked really well. Mm -hmm as well you know yeah and I, I like that i liked it too because you know you would tell that some people were kind of embarrassed to even be a part of something like that oh you yeah know? clearly you have and, to be. And, and, <laughs> and, and 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 everything but i mean once you but once they started to see sort of a, a reaction to it all that stuff went away and it was it ended up being like you know and it was it ended up being like kind of inspirational like like, like we've been saying but it is. It's one of the best films of the year, and I gotta say, I mean, Ooh. I know Seth Rogen is oh. in it, a bun, but um, I actually really like Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, mm -hmm. I really liked his performance in yeah. this movie. I don't, I, I don't think he was playing Seth Rogen in this movie. I really particularly enjoyed Seth Rogen in this in this film. I gotta say, the script is amazing. I really like the script in this movie. Um, I agree, very well. Written. I think, yep, very well written. I think that they really caught the kind of the magic. Of that set, I mean, even though I mean, whether you guys see it or not, you guys gonna be like, Ozzy, what magic are you talking about? I'm like, just <laughs> watch it. <laughs> um, but you basically caught the, you know, the what it was to to be on on set, you know, what it is to be on a set and everything, and I I found that very interesting, and and all the parts of the film, I mean, even though this is like, even though you're watching a film about the worst film, you're still getting an idea of how a film is made. I found that so interesting and everything. So, or how he I thinks mean, a I film should be made. <laughs> exactly, yeah. or how I think a film should be made. Because you've seen people in there like that's this is not how this is done. It's like, <laughs> just uh, like I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Care. <laughs> real Hollywood <laughs> so, movie. This is a real Hollywood movie. This is a real Hollywood film. Like, it yeah, was so great, so great just to see uh, James Frank, just James Frank go out like that. I think. He he! Def if he does not get nominated for an Oscar, I'm gonna be pissed. He did <laughs> great job in this, and, and this directing, oh, especially yeah. directing. He gave oh, dude, such all a that wonderful direction in this movie. Jeez, I mean, if he's not even at least at least nominated for for best director, I mean, he, I think he directed Ooh. the hell out of this movie. As he, I could tell that he not only bled bled through the screen, but he also like you saw the direction he was going in, and I hundred percent lo like loved it. I I don't think I've seen a directorial from him 
but I don't know. I don't know if I have this either. Is, this is really, this is really good work. Yeah, really good. Work. Um, like I said, I think it's one of the best of the year. Um, there's, I really one last thing that I really have to say is I like that they leaned into the mystery of Tommy Wiseau as an entity. Um, uh-huh. Just yeah. like the, where did he come from? Where did his money come from? How much money does he have? Like, they really leaned into that in this movie, and I quite enjoyed that as well. Uh, and there were moments where, like, it's so, like, I don't want to describe this movie as awkward comedy. There is some awkward comedy in there, but some of the moments in this movie, like, uh, Greg Sestero, when he basically really starts to become friends with Tommy, and Greg Sestero's mom's reaction oh. to that, I was sitting there like, I completely agree with her. This is absolutely nuts. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was great as well. And you guys have described this movie as like kind of, it's almost like people with dreams and stuff like that. It's about that. Is this movie kind of like, in a weird way, parallel to something like La La Land? I guess it's like I think <laughs> I mean, James Franco saw, said that yeah. in an interview. He said it's like a, a La La Land, but flip it upside down. Really? <laughs> wow. And yeah. I mean, it is. Almost. It kind of yeah, is. I mean, like, it's it's crazy because too because I mean I mean one of the things that you get out of both these movies, and Carlos, you mentioned it in that in that scene with with um, Greg Sotero's mother, <laughs> and you and you see the reaction. I mean, it's it's you see these characters really taking risks. And again, you kind of get that in La La Land too. I mean, yeah. you just see a lot of these characters. Uh, taking risks. And I think that is, again, what's something that I really particularly enjoy is like, you have to take risks. I know it's scary. I know it's a huge one, but you got to take that risk. Like, mm-hmm. If you want it, you got to take it. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie as well is there are, there are like, there are like a few meanings in this movie, and I think they all, and I think this movie hits them all really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the other, one of the other ones that really, really got to me personally. Yeah. And for the record, now you, you might disagree with me, Ozzy, because you aren't as high on that movie as I am, but I don't think this is as good as La La Land. I just, I think <laughs> it's interesting how it kind of parallels it. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know if I can compare the two just because they're different. Yeah, like, they're yeah, definitely different, but it yeah, parallels like, it in a weird yeah, way. But, yeah, like they're similar in a weird way. You're right, but I don't know if I, I can't. For me, I don't know if I can be like one's better than the other just because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. All right, you guys want to move on to negatives? Yes. Yes. Oh, you go first. <laughs> um, really, my big. Ne- I mean, there's a little. There's little things here and there, but nothing that really stands out. The biggest thing for me is there is a sequence or a section of this movie that really really sticks out like a store uh excuse me a sore thumb when it comes to tommy's character and it might make some sense but at the same time i just feel like it really comes out of nowhere and then it kind of goes away is there's a section of this movie where he kind of just turns into a jerk on set and i know again you're bound by what actually happened and what greg sestero wrote in the book the disaster artist and i get that you're bound by that but at the same time i'm just looking at it as a movie i haven't read the book i don't really care but as a movie, that sequence where he just kind of really, like, in, in particular when it deals with the sex scenes, shooting the sex scenes, he's acting like an a-hole. And it's yeah. kind of, it really sticks out. Like, this isn't the character that we have come to know throughout this entire movie. And it's not the character as a whole. It just really feels out of place to me. And I get the I get how it kind of works because he was mad at Sestero at the time and all of that. But at the same time, like, 
I would have been one of the other characters who wanted to punch the dude. He was horrible. And it really, really sticks out to me. And that, that whole section of the movie where he is like that, it just doesn't... It doesn't flow to me. Um, maybe, again, it might make some sense, but I just feel like in the momentum of the movie, it doesn't really flow. That's my biggest negative, so. Yeah. What I mean, do you guys got? I mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying because it doesn't really flow with who, like, who we know as, as someone who who worked really hard and everything. I mean, he was he was a dick. Yeah. I mean, but I can't. At that moment, he's not really a dick yeah. throughout the whole movie. It's just yeah, that section. Yeah, he's not. But he, he he was he was a dick in that one section. But I mean, I can't. Again, I mean, I don't know if it actually happened, and yeah. I can't dock it. I can't dock it. I mean, I think James Franco was trying to be as authentic with with the material as possible. And I, and I, I understand that, but so I'm just looking was... at the movie as a, as a standalone thing. Like, if this wasn't based on actual material, that scene in that section would feel so out of place. And that's my point. But, yeah, I get you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, Miles, what do you got? Yeah, and it is a fine line because we're talking about how this movie, I think, overall does a good job with uh, trying to celebrate the room and not go for the easy jokes of just making fun of it. Mm-hmm. But I do think a lot of, for me at least, there's the big third act. And I'm not going to spoil in what that is. But for me, there's a couple of beats that the movie sort of expects for me you to buy into. Uh, and for me, that's where the movie t- was the most conflicted and whether or not it was going to just make fun of the room or celebrate it. And I don't know if I I honestly didn't buy that much into a lot of what happened uh, in the final showdown of sorts <laughs> of the movie. Uh, okay. but yeah, I guess that was just me. Maybe I'll have to go and back and rewatch it again. But I just I have a hard time imagining that it actually played down the way they portrayed it because it just felt so. I don't know. It felt so structured, you know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. To me, it kind of worked because we get the parallel of uh, with Zoe's reaction to what was happening, and it yeah. kind of it's a little bit of a balance there, and I I actually enjoyed it. But you're right; it kind of does feel a little structured. And my question with that ending sequence was more of because I I know that recently he has come to kind of acknowledge or kind he's tried to say that it was intended to be a dark comedy, which it clearly <laughs> was not. But we get that turn, I guess this is kind of a spoiler alert, we we get that turn a little fast in this movie, and I wonder if it really was that fast. And that was my big biggest issue with the ending, was he makes that change of mindset very quickly. A little too quickly mm-hmm. for me, but yeah. Yeah, and I there are things that work in it too. I mean, you yeah. talk about the inspiration and also the heartbreak and witnessing some of what happened. But I just don't. Yeah, like I said, I'm kind of I'm on the same page with you on that. Yeah, Ozzy, what about you? Um, looking, uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a negative here because you seem to um, like this movie the most out of either of us, which is surprising to me. Yeah, dude, I honestly, I I, I really love this movie. Um, I I really really love this movie. Um, but I'll say. I'll say, I mean, it, it kind of just felt tacked on, like, like to what, to what Greg Cesare was doing. Like, I, I just didn't like some of his actions. I can't really dock it because yeah. you know it's you know real history. <laughs> but um, it happens. I can't be like, yo, docking points. But 
I, I didn't like some of Greg Sestero's kind of actions, kind of decisions that he made. But again, I mean, I can't really talk anything like that. But um, yeah, and I can't. One of the one of the things I I don't that we never really get back to, which is kind of like a, it's kind of put out there, but it's not really, it's never really addressed again. Is, um, basically like he was kind of spying, like he was basically recording everything. <laughs> yeah. And then he caught, he caught two people, you know, talking crap, but it was never addressed again, nor is it ever brought up. So I don't know, like if he was still like recording them after the fact or whatever, but we never really got like anything anything after the fact so i was kind of just like where where did that go like yeah. you're being a dick for or you're being like a douchebag all over again and there's no there's no justifiable reason now um and there's plot threads like that that are kind of abandoned a little like and they're not major plot threads like there's a moment where maybe a couple of people were fired but we aren't really clear on if they actually were fired um, and we never address it. Like the question is asked, but then we never really get a clear answer. There's little things like that here and there, um, but again, they're they're minor things in my mind. So, but yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, hundred percent agree. But um, yeah, but anyways, Carlos, what do you rate this movie? Um, I think this is a great movie. It's not. I, I don't think it's going to be like one of the. I don't think it's one of the, like the best of the year or anything. But I do think it is a great film, and I, it's elevated clearly by James Franco's performance. And I don't think the movie itself is going to get nominated, but I can totally see elements like the script and especially Franco getting nominated. And I'm going to give this movie an 8.3 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Miles? Yeah, and you know, you have your movies, you have your Moonlights, you have your Spotlights, you have your Revenants, which are great and nearly perfect movies that I have no desire to go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with The Disaster Artist, it is flawed, and I am going to give it an 8 out of 10. Ooh. But don't be surprised if it ends up pretty high on my personal top 10 of the year. Yeah, I I could see that too. Same for me. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. It it really is so fun. Okay, um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this movie. Give it as high as you want, Ozzy. You know you want to. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm giving it a nine point three. All oh. right, I I knew it was gonna be somewhere in that range. I've got a feel for. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was I was enjoying myself the entire time, and I do think it's. I do think that they captured everything really well on, on the on the on the set and everything. So I I personally really enjoy this movie. All right, I'm giving it a nine. Awesome. All right. Well, before we move on to TV, I've got a question for you guys. Do you guys like reading? Oh uh, yeah. Of course, man. Of course, man. Well, I've got some good news for you. Audible is offering you and all of our Screenfellows listeners a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. When you check in with our website, did you know that? That is that is that I did not know that, but now I'm dude, like, you're you literally just telling much. me about this now. Yeah, and the best part is, think about all the Star Wars books you can get. There's Star. We got the Last Jedi coming up. There's all of these books leading into the Last Jedi. I mean, Jesse's gonna go nuts. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Here is everything. We're a lot of YouTube videos with Jesse, <laughs> and now that we got this thing going, yeah. And you know how you can do that? All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com/screenfellas. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com slash screenfellas for your free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. So go over there, check that out, and you can support us and get a free book, including all those Star Wars books to get you pumped up and ready for Star Wars The Last Jedi. All right. Woohoo! Now we're going to talk about some TV. Ozzy, what did you watch this week, and what stood out to you? Man, um, well, this week we had a lot of season finales, especially in the CW. Um, and I kind of didn't, didn't watch any. I, I, I kind of didn't want to watch any CW shows just because I haven't been watching any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I know, I never thought the words would come out of my mouth. I'd be like, you know what? I don't want to watch you guys. I want to watch some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, you know, I was kind of busy, you know, watching, you know, I had to try to get two people to watch Game of Thrones and everything. So it was, you know, kind of kind of a hectic schedule. But um, I did watch some CW TV shows. This was the, the finale for Supergirl, Flash, Legends, Supernatural, Arrow. And uh, I watched basically everything except for The Flash. And we also had a new episode of, of Superstore. We hadn't had an episode of Superstore in a while, and I was actually pretty excited to see Superstore again. Um, so my high of the week, I got two highs. I think the two highs of the week for me was definitely Supergirl and Legends. Probably my favorite Legends episode. Really? Yes, because it was just... Just having Leonard Snart back was one of the best things that could ever happen. And I feel... And especially this version of Leonard Snart, I absolutely love it. Because there's a, the opening scene is... He, he brings in... He brings in Amaya in. And he goes, Amaya, I know you're going through some stuff right now. But I feel like you really... Just get get whatever... Get whatever's off your chest... And you're gonna t- you're gonna talk to Stein, and then he pulls out a puppet of Stein, a huge puppet of Stein, and it is just so funny just to see everybody's reactions to it. It's like what the hell, and it's just so great. I think having him back on on the show is really great, and I, I really do like the dynamic that he kind of adds to the team. I really do like it. Um, we did get a we did get a farewell from somebody this episode. I'm not gonna name who. Because Carlos, you haven't watched it yet. Nope. But yes, we did. We did get a. We did get a bit of a bit. What of a, a bit of a farewell from somebody. So yes. Uh, next next high for me is Supergirl. Again, one of the best of the season. I didn't like some aspects of it, but overall, it was a good episode, especially the last act and the last battle. I thought it was very well done, and Melissa Benoist again. She is just a terrific actress. I absolutely love her. So definitely check that out, Carlos, whenever you catch up. My low for the week is Supernatural. I loved everything in that episode until the last, like, three minutes. Okay. And, Carlos, you're not caught up with Supernatural, right? No, I'm, like, one or two episodes behind. Do you mind if I say something? Sure, go for it. So they get, the boys get, the Winchesters get trapped in another world. And look, man, like this is supposed to be a strictly supernatural, supernatural. And now they're starting to introduce. I feel like supernatural has kind of been like, okay, we've done everything biblical. We've done everything that we can possibly do. Let's stretch this out. Let's do the multiverse. And I'm just like, okay, okay, sure, see, um. And they got stuck in a world with dinosaurs. 
with a huge dinosaur. It's a bad CG. There's a bad CG huge yeah. footprint. Great. And I'm just like, guys, <laughs> it's okay for you to end. <laughs> it does not need to. It, that like I don't need sci-fi <laughs> in a in in a supernatural show. Like that that to me was absolutely like I just did not like it. I don't know, Carlos. You're gonna talk to me about it whenever you watch it, but it was it really brought down the entire episode for me. Um, it was really good, really good episode, really solid episode until that last three minutes, three, two minutes of the show. So I was just like, damn, this is really bad. But yeah, that is for me. Miles, do you watch the TV? I literally, I was trying to think about it as you were talking, and I don't think I watched any TV this week. <laughs> and Jeez. that is because I'm so busy doing other things and waiting for Westworld to come back. And Atlanta and American Crime Story, that, yeah, I just don't watch Supernatural or CW shows. Or the, I should are, catch up on This Is Us, though. Yeah, are there any shows from this past season of TV or this half of a season of TV that you've watched at all? Or no? No. Really? I've kind wow. of been off the grid. when it, I've, you, Like, if I'm very plugged in with TV, I don't watch as many movies as I should. Fair and enough. if I watch a good amount of movies, I'm not watching as much TV mm-hmm. as I should. So it's it's a yin yang effect. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I remember. I know. I know when when Carlos and I have a lot of movies to watch. It's very hard for us to do TV because it's just <laughs> yeah. It's like an hour. Each show that we watch is like an hour. It's like an hour or forty minutes to an hour. So it just it takes up a large sum of our time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So for myself. I, again, I'm very busy right now. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of TV. I'm super behind on almost everything. But there are, like, a select few things that I am pretty much keeping up with. And those are the things that just came back. So they're easy for me to keep up keep up with. And that is things like Agent, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Vikings. And um, The Crown just came on Netflix. This best show on oh. Netflix just came on. So I'm very excited about that. And I watched the first episode and... It's, I mean, it's just as good as it was before. The Crown is amazing. It's, like I said, best show on Netflix. You should check it out. Um, and that's definitely a high for me, even though I've only watched one of the episodes so far. Uh, I don't, uh, again, I don't really have a low because I'm not watching as much right now and I'm being very selective with what I watch. Um, all I'll say is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still great. Um, people need to give it a chance. And Vikings is kicking butt right now that was an action-packed episode ivar is absolutely a nut job so all those shows are worth watching check them out that's what i got for tv oh oh, Uh, i I I, talked to okay miles you go first oh i was just gonna say i did watch stranger things too oh nice it was pretty good so yeah that's the only thing everyone watched stranger things too though yeah better than the first season better than the first season better than the first season i'm a friend of ours it's still really good I'm giving her a special shout out, Mandy. Uh, she had the most convoluted, like she thought about the most randomest things. I guess so. I just did it. She was just like, "It was a good show." And I was like, "Yeah, it was great." Like, but she's like, "I just don't get it." And I was like, "Don't get what?" She goes, "Where did Demi Gordon come from?" And I was like, "What?" And she's <laughs> like, "Yeah." And like, how did like how was it able to like go in between the upside down here? Yeah, I was like, Mandy. You know, they kind of they kind of explain it to you. She's like, yeah, but you know, like what? Like I, I still get it. 
And I was like, I was like, okay, well, like you know, when eleven kind of saw Demi Gorgon, when Demi Gorgon saw eleven, like the kind of, you know, the kind of, kind of got side effects, you know. So she's able to hear, like whatever's going on in there, kind of able to like kind of go in there with her mind, and Demi Gorgon's able to physically come into the world. She's like, yeah, but like, what about the dead bodies? And I was like, what dead bodies are you talking about? So it was just very con. It was very, very, um, like, it was just the minor details. She asked a question. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and I actually had to, like, go in, and, like, I was actually scrolling through the episode. I was like, okay, which dead body <laughs> is she talking about? <laughs> and I was like, it's Barbara. Oh, man. And she's like, yeah, but what about the score? I'm like, what? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think she'll like the second season better. I, I personally like the second season better, though. Like the second I, I can't, but yeah, I it's it's good, it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it was, yeah, it's good. I think it was better. I think it was better. It's, it's good. No, I don't. I don't like that. Show. I don't like that. You just said, you just said eh, it's good. <laughs> no, it's a really good show. I just uh, we can't, this could be a whole I know, spoiler yeah. episode for Stranger Things. <laughs> so I'll end um, it here. I just think the first season is tighter. Yeah, you, know? you could cut out an entire episode of the second season, and it wouldn't affect anything, basically. <laughs> And everyone knows what that episode is. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I almost fell asleep. Anyway, right? <laughs> it was 3 a.m. and I was just like, I'm pushing to finish this. The episode came on and I was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, you're really pushing me right now. Oh, God. Um, yeah, but I, I, I had to be watch Game of Thrones episodes 1 through 2, like, back to back. Because I was showing another friend mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I was showing another friend Game of Thrones. I was like, I'm trying to watch... I'm trying to give... Pe- I'm trying to watch... I'm trying to get two people on two different fronts to watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 interesting, kind of going back to season one though, just because it's it's very different, and it's just like we're still like you know we're we're not where we're at now, so it's kind of different. It's kind of slow, but I mean, it's people need to stick through it. And I'm gonna go ahead and say this again before we go ahead and end it here. Give me a show, and I'll watch a season of it if you watch Game of Thrones. Or this is us if we're not watching it. Give me a show and I'll watch it. Because I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Because I had somebody tell me it's overrated. And I was like, why? They're just like, it's just, it's just overrated. And it, was, it doesn't make any sense. And I was just like, what's well, my opinion? And I was like, well, your opinion doesn't make any sense. So um, I don't know what to tell you. It just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, give me a show to watch and I'll watch a full season of it. Here, Ozzy. I got one. What? If you, you wa- if I watch, if I catch up on This Is Us, I have only watched the first half of the first season. Oh. If I watch it, will you finally watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. 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 All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna sign the papers or <laughs> shake your hand through the email. The email thing. to me, then I'll I'll fax them over to you. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I really need to watch This Is Us. I I'll I'll, I'll give. I'll give Breaking Bad a chance because I myself, because I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, you know what? I only gave Breaking Bad the pilot, and I haven't given it a full season. So yeah. let me watch a full season of it first, and then I can be at least I could have like at least a, an opinion to say, okay, like maybe this isn't my thing, but I respect what good of a show. Because I'm not I, for me, I'm not gonna go ahead. I've never said, at least that I can recall, I've never said Breaking Bad is overrated, and. You know, because I always had a great deal of respect because everybody says it's a good show, and I'm just like, you know, maybe it is a good show. 
Um, it, it, everyone says it's name. a good show. Everyone yeah, no. says it's like the best show of all time. Yeah, really one of the best shows of all time. And I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and discount that just because I haven't seen it, you know? But um, yeah, I yeah, didn't necessarily love the pilot, but I'm, I'm not going to, again, this is, I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, I mean, the first pilot just wasn't, that's just not my thing as a pilot. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't really interested. So, I mean, but I'm not going to go ahead and call it overrated. You know, yeah. it's a different thing for me saying it's it's overrated to, you know, hey, maybe this is not my thing. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a season if you finish, if you give uh, This Is Us another shot. Cause this is How us about is- this? I Since I have to give This Is Us a season and a half, I think it's fair that you give Breaking Bad a season and a half. Just well, because watching, the first season well, is kind of not as good as season two. <laughs> All right, well, fun. But I'm, I'm, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while because I'm trying to catch okay. up with. I'm trying to catch up with uh, Asians of Seal, which yes. has kind of been a pain. It's been a pain. It's been a pain not because it's bad, but it's been a pain because like I've, I've been. It's been super busy, and then I'm also rewatching Game of Thrones. like two different people, and then it's and then Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. Yeah. Also, just got since we're doing recommendations, and this is gonna be my recommendation. All right. Um, Hulu actually just got the like, hero on there. Just got hero on there with Sam Elliott. Ooh. I'm gonna watch it again because that, oh. it's such a good movie. It, is. Such, it was. I absolutely love that indie, and it's such a great film. Um, it's on there along with Arrival and everything. Um, yeah. But it's it's definitely it's. I absolutely love that movie. Um, for those of you guys who have Hulu, watch it. It's it's one of the best uh, indies of the year, in my opinion. It, it's it's really good. But. Um, yeah, I've also just been kind of rewatching movies just to kind of get like a feel of it because I was watching Manchester by the Sea with my father. He hadn't seen it, and I was kind of just like, "What the hell was I like?" I was watching it because I was kind of submerged in the world again, so I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot subconsciously what I liked, but I was like, "Damn, I, this movie was my number one last year." And then like a scene came to me, I was like, "That's why it was my number one last year." So, <laughs> so um, it's just kind of rewatching these movies and kind of getting like the same feel again and everything. Uh, I I personally love it, so I'm. I've been watching rewatching movies with people who haven't seen them just to kind of get a feel of what it like what a smaller film is and, and how can how can it impact others. I, I I enjoy doing that and showing others smaller films. So that's what I've also been doing. Definitely. Uh, Miles, do you have right. a recommendation? Um, yeah, recommendation. Yeah, well, I honestly and I was I just watched Chef and that was that's such a good movie. So <laughs> uh, I think so underrated and underappreciated. But honestly, and this is kind of cheating, but I'm just so excited for The Last Jedi. Yeah. So I kind of want to recommend that without having seen it. But instead, I will recommend Looper. I saw it, I think, like yes. four days ago. And Ryan Johnson is possibly, I think he might become one of the best directors of our time. Just everything that I've seen of his so talented. is amazing. Have you and seen Looper Br- is honestly perfect. No, I need to. Uh, I really need I to. I love that movie. And Looper, I will watch that this week. Yeah, it's so good. And Looper is, I've said it before, and I will continue to say it, it might just be my favorite non-Star like Star Wars or something like that sci-fi movie. It uh, is yeah. so freaking good. And for it to be just, I mean, I, I just love that movie. And <laughs> it blew my mind too. the first time I saw it. it People are going into The Last Jedi bummed that they're getting spoiled. But honestly, if you know anything about Ryan Johnson and his movies, I don't think we have any idea what we're going to get. Yeah, because that's my concern too. Because you go into too, the yeah. looper with the trailers. But you, I mean, I had an expectation going into that movie 
and it takes this turn that you just don't see coming at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just so excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of The Last Jedi, before I give my recommendation, I do want to give a public service amount- announcement that I actually put on our social medias <laughs> recently. Uh Today, the day we're recording, and hopefully the day that this episode is posting, on Saturday, uh, December 9th, is the day of the Star Wars world premiere in Hollywood. So, this is like, this is it. People are going to be allowed to put their social media reactions on social media after they see this movie. And you are officially, we are all officially in danger of this movie being spoiled. If you do not want to have it spoiled, you might want to stay off the social medias. Don't go on Reddit. Don't be stupid. Be aware. Because you know people, especially when it comes to huge movies like this, there are human beings in this world that for some reason basically get (laughs) their sexual enjoyment out of spoiling movies for people so Yo, you, be you aware can't even go on, you can't even go on youtube anymore like, no. i remember i went on youtube just because i wanted to see a freaking trailer and then all of a sudden uh, uh death of the i'm like why yeah. why i, I actually it's I terrible. just wanted to see something and it's it's absolutely horrible i don't understand people nowadays so it's, it sucks yeah now that this movie is going to be out to a large amount of people we're all the possibility of it being spoiled is now a reality it's so you need to be aware of that uh that the world premiere is tonight um my actual (laughs) recommendation though is uh man i'm trying to figure out exactly where i want to go with this i think i'm gonna go ladybird because it is still Uh, in theaters right now so again i just want to keep reminding people see this movie it is one of my favorite movies in my opinion it's one of the best movies of the year i've seen this movie now three times in the theaters you need to see this movie i think it is an incredibly enjoyable movie and i really think that it is one of the best coming of age movies we've had in recent years so check this movie out please while Mm. it is still in theaters i beg of you that's my recommendation. Oh, it's such a perfect film. It's so good. You seriously see it. <laughs> Come on, Ozzy. It is as close to perfect as coming of age movies get. It is so good. Yeah. It's a really good movie. I'm not going to say it's close to perfect, but it's a really good movie. All right. This might be a discussion for another day, but is this the year of the female <laughs> director? Dude, honestly, I think it is. I think it is. And That's I'm excited. For it. I'm so excited for it because. We're getting all these talent, like we're getting this talent from women and, and Wonder Woman direct, <laughs> yeah. sitting in the director's seat, man. I don't want to see more of this. I want to see more women directors like really just take charge, man. It is so good and it's so refreshing to see. It. I mean, this, I mean, Greta Gerwig, I mean, she's she's getting like she's breaking records on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And I may not seem like a big deal to like, oh, we're breaking records on Rotten Tomatoes, but that's. It's freaking impressive. Hey, Patty still. Jenkins like, is breaking box office records. So uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, like it is, it is absolutely you know astounding to see that. I'm so thrilled to see it because you know we haven't really had anybody. We've never had like a stand. I mean, at least for me, I mean, at least. But I mean, De- Detroit. I forgot what the director's name there, but she's oh true. Yeah, that's a good call. She's too. also Catherine I mean, Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, she did. I mean, I thought she did amazing as well. I mean, oh, this yeah. is. I mean, this is you know I I'm so interested to see Great more year. of all these of all these I wanted I want to see more of these women's work and in the director's chair I do it, it's just been a great year for women just on the director's chair and you can just tell these women know what they're doing and it is absolutely amazing I love it absolutely you know amazing. and even and, beyond that it's just such a diverse year if you look at 
I'm just excited to see the Oscar nominations because I'm hearing that Get Out has a chance of getting nominated. I hear that, you know, first time uh, director sick has Mm -hmm. a good chance. So it's just such a good and diverse year for movies. Yeah. On top of the whole, ah, it's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this has definitely been a standout for women when it comes to being a director, like just being in in, in the director's seat. I mean, I want to see more of it. I mean, if this is what we're getting out of it, I definitely would love to see more of it. I mean, this is, I mean, they're really showing out. I mean, they're really beating the guys, honestly. (laughs) Some of the, some of our favorites, some of the best films this year have been from women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, I think all three of these directors might be in my top 10 best, if not my top Mm -hmm. 10 favorites of the year. And that's, that's saying something. That's the saying something. So I mean, I would love to see more work from from not only them but from more women directors. I mean, I, I mean, I would love to just see more of it. I yeah. think it's I think it's absolutely amazing. We got to put a pin in this discussion and have it uh, on like a full on discussion about this on the podcast at some point by the end of the yes. year. Yes, yes, because we are probably running long on time here. <laughs> not too but, long, um, but all right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Miles. I'm gonna start with you since you're the guest. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles underscore Haruki. And yeah, also subscribe to my YouTube channel at Miles Attempts Reviews. I've been just burning to get more videos up and start reviewing movies again. So stay in tune for that. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean, you can also definitely find him on, on the bandwagon of Mad Max. So I'm going to go out there and <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carlos, where can people find you, buddy? All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. And, of course, make sure you follow us all over social media, all at ScreenFellows. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the YouTube channel. We're hopefully going to have videos going up there pretty soon. Um, hopefully some Star Wars stuff up there pretty soon as well. And also the website. We've got reviews coming up there pretty soon. I think we'll have one of the disaster artists hopefully this weekend. So check that out as well. And, of course, go to audibletrial.com slash screenfellows the best recommendation of them all (laughs) yes yes all right guys um you guys can find me on twitter at castro ozzy and if you guys want uh if you guys want to recommend any uh any tv shows any movies anything like that or if you guys want to know where you know miles is gonna hold his bandwagon for mad max feel free to email (laughs) me at ozzy.caster at screenfellows.com and i'll give you all that information on miles um, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know yeah. where it is. I don't know where it is. But I have, you know, have his email. Maybe he has his sor- He has his sources. Ooh, I do. I do. But all right, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on the website. Also, check out Miles' separate channel. I bet he's doing great things on there. Guys, this is Screen Fellas.